This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Zubeda Hamid, your host for today. This year's union budget announced a scheme for the protection of natural resources that are fast degrading in the country, our wetlands. Amrit Darohar, the scheme announced by the finance minister in the budget, aims to protect and work towards the optimal use of wetlands in the country. A separate scheme to protect mangroves was also announced. To mark 75 years of independence last year, India also added 11 sites to its existing Ramsar sites, making 75 in all. Ramsar sites are wetlands that are designated to be of international importance for biodiversity. By some estimates, India has lost nearly 30% of its wetlands over the last three decades, unplanned construction and pollution being major factors in this. Their loss can have massive consequences for cities. Flooding and loss of water security are just some of the important consequences. What is the status of wetlands in India now? How well are the current rules for protection of these sites being implemented? How much will the new scheme announced by the finance minister help? And how can local societies get involved in their conservation? To speak to us about this, we have with us today Dr. Ritesh Kumar, Director, Wetlands International, South Asia. Welcome to the Hindus in Focus podcast, Dr. Ritesh Kumar. Hi, good morning. Dr. Kumar, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman in this year's budget has announced the Amrit Darohar scheme to protect India's wetlands. Just to give us a bit of background, could you give us a status check about the country's wetlands at present and their condition? Before we talk about the current status of wetlands, it is important to understand uh, what these wetland ecosystems are in the first place. Um, essentially conceived as transitional lands between uh, uh, you know, water uh, and land, you know, deep water systems. The term wetlands now covers a range of aquatic ecosystems ranging from high altitude Himalayan wetlands to the floodplain systems of Ganga and Brahmaputra, uh, the tank systems of uh, the Deccan region, the saline systems of uh, arid regions, uh, and we have a diverse uh, coastal wetlands, mangroves, seagrasses, estuaries, lagoons, and uh, even coral reefs. So wetlands is is a pretty diverse term, but what it there are essentially uh, you know two elements uh, that are defining. One is that these are places where water is generally slower, and uh, that allows the ecosystem to deliver at different functions, including groundwater storage, uh, groundwater recharge, uh, carbon storage in several systems, uh, so on and so forth. Inextricably, they are very much related to our culture. So when I'm talking about uh, the health of uh, wetlands, I'd like to isolate natural wetlands and human-made systems. Both of these are included in the definition. Uh, the condition of natural wetlands in general is on a decline. And this is not just an Indian phenomenon. Uh, it is a global phenomenon. Uh, we believe that in the last 30 years, we have lost nearly 30% of our natural wetlands. On the other hand, the human-made wetlands are on an increase. Uh, uh, in the form of reservoirs, in the form of waterlogged areas, salt pans, and irrigation systems, uh, and so on. 
what does it auger uh, for uh, the overall wetlands so uh, one thing that you know human made systems do not compensate for natural ecosystems so definitely we will need to pinpoint uh, fingers on preventing loss and degradation of uh, natural wetlands on the other hand over prolonged times even human made systems naturalize so uh, beautiful you know reservoirs backwaters they have become migratory bird areas and and high biodiversity value areas but if you are talking about the health check there are couple of trends one that definitely natural wetlands are declining we have seen some positive stories around uh, mangroves for example but at the same time when i read the recently published uh, atlas it also concerns that mud flats are declining and majority of mangrove restoration that is being done today is ending up uh, on mud flats which is another unique wetland ecosystem perhaps uh, its value is not being realized so you said that the health of our natural wetlands is not good right now how much of india india's coverage is there in terms of natural wetlands we know that unplanned urbanization and pollution are some of the contributory factors to their degradation what else is contributing to their loss to give you a sense of uh, the extent the natural wetland atlas reports that roughly 4.9% of uh, india's geographical area is under wetlands and uh, 70% of this is uh, inland and of that 70% around uh, 50% would be the natural wetlands now they are definitely declining and there are several indicators it is not just decline in terms of area uh, the quality so cpcb for example through their Nas- uh, national water quality monitoring program they maintain a database of water quality of uh, over 700 uh you know systems and of that nearly 40% have water quality that is not fit for aquatic life so that will give you a sense of uh, pollution in the wetlands uh, in several wetlands there are reports of you know modern pollutants for example uh, antibiotic residues microplastics and what not so even pollution is uh, no longer uh, the old pollution which was very organic this is pollution which is hard which is persistent and uh, we have invasive freshwater invasives which are uh, which are colonizing into these wetlands several of the wetlands their water regimes are altered so the inflow and outflow systems are heavily compromised and uh, in several states what i find is that you know wetlands which are naturally water sources they are being filled up uh, in different parts of the season to ensure water availability now these are the apparent uh, you know trends of degradation but what is more compelling is to look at what is lying behind these trends one is different sectors have treated wetlands differently uh, today tourism is acquiring uh, quite a significant attention but uh, tourism has taken place uh, in the form of concretization natural shorelines are being concretized now or you know so suddenly there is no backup plan for managing tourism in a sensitive wetlands and thereby you end up tourism which could have been nature based uh, tourism or an opportunity uh, for incentivizing conservation that becomes a threat similarly water regime planning water resources planning 
yes wetlands are sources of water but they also need water of their own to perform their functions so if we start abstracting water beyond what their natural hydrological hydrographs allow we end up depleting wetlands contaminating wetlands so today uh, i see uh, threats at two levels one is definitely the apparent uh, threats are in the form of pollution hydrological regime uh, changes adverse changes catchment degradation invasive species unsustainable harvest uh, but lying within within these threats is one a societal apathy towards uh, wetland ecosystems so it is okay uh, for society to uh, you know to degrade a wetland to dump solid waste in wetland so the social disconnect uh, apparently has happened different sectors are pursuing programs which have implications for wetlands but they do not treat wetlands holistically thereby even their actions are ending up uh, degrading wetlands for example we have massive uh, plantation programs, afforestation programs, and in several states I see uh, wetland peripheries are being planted upon, trees are being planted. Now trees are good, trees are very good uh, in a landscape, in terrestrial landscape, but trees inside wetlands would mean that their water holding capacity is compromised, more silt would come in, and eventually the wetland would progress towards the terrestrial ecosystems. So. This sort of challenge is uh, what I term as, as a mainstreaming challenge, wherein uh, the idea of wetland has not fully been ingrained in the way different sectors plan their programs and investments into wetlands. On the other hand, I see a large part of the society which benefits from the wetlands. For example, we have our economies running around IT systems, remembering that you know water is a fundamental good without which no economic activity is possible. The flows, uh, in a sense, so these sectors do not participate proactively in wetlands management. So wetland conservation now has become a government's agenda rather than being an all of society agenda. Uh, it is something which is so fundamental to our survival, yet I find that uh, we are expecting only governments are responsible for maintaining this resource, wherein the entire society, all sectors of economy should be proactively conserving the very resource on which different economic activities are linked with. That's a very interesting perspective, Doctor. So, talking about the government's role and how society expects them to function in this, uh, we know that the Wetlands Conservation and Management Rules 2017 formed the regulatory framework for management of wetlands in India. How well are these rules implemented? Okay, so let's first take a step back and I would say let's reflect on the regulatory system. Uh, wetland rules definitely uh, came in within the framework of Environment Protection Act and uh, they're a piece of uh, regulation which speaks to wetland. But remember, wetlands conservation is very much enshrined in our constitution. The constitution says that it is fundamental duty of every citizen to protect natural systems, including, you know, aquatic systems. The you know, uh, they don't use the term wetlands, but that is the fundamental responsibility of every citizen. And then you have, uh, you know, uh, Wildlife Protection Act and range of acts which speak to different elements of wetland regulation. So if you want to um, uh, touch the biodiversity of wetlands, the barrier is Wildlife Protection Act, the Biodiversity Act. Uh, if wetlands are located within the forest, uh, the Indian Forest Act prevails, the Fisheries Act prevails, the Water Pollution Act prevails. So there is a plethora of acts which are available. And on top of this, there is this piece of uh, you know regulation, Wetland Conservation and Management Rules 2017, 
which speaks to directly what could be done in a wetland environment. So first of all, let's understand the scope of application of this. All Ramsar sites are definitely governed by the provisions of wetland rules. That is what the rules say. And secondly, it applies mostly to natural wetlands unless the state uh, taken otherwise decision. In terms of implementation, I have I am encouraged that several states are considering or have considered uh, have already you know Goa has uh, passed placed uh, you know issued final notifications for several sites. Uh, Uttar Pradesh has done final notification for one site, but for several states, uh, um, they are in intermediate processes of. Uh, regulation they have identified wetlands inventories have been prepared and shortlists have been prepared brief documents have been prepared although much of it lies in official processes but uh, the progress is uh, better than uh, what we saw in 2010 version of these rules wherein for nearly seven years there was hardly any movement so something is going on in terms of states trying to implement these rules absolutely absolutely but what you need so notification does not guarantee protection on ground right so notification will say it, it it determines what can be done what cannot be done and which agency to contact but at the same time we need empowered institutions on the ground to enforce um, enforce the notification enforce the prohibitions enforce the regulation ensure management and that is an area that I think we need to do more work is to empower state and UT level wetland authorities. So these authorities have created, uh, have been created. The construct is beautiful because they are multi-sectoral in their constitution. They are expected to uh, play policy making, regulation, capacity development. So multitude of roles are expected uh, from the state wetland authorities. But in most of these states, it remains an additional charge with an officer. Or it remains, uh, you know, it's one person, you know, one person, the member secretary was assigned the responsibility for this entire state. That is definitely not sufficient. We'll need to empower, we need to capacitate and uh, provide them with the required instrumentation, capacity support so that uh, the very ethos of, uh, you know, wetland management can be delivered on the ground. Several states have gone a step further. So, for example, I would cite the case of Tamil Nadu and Uttar Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh. They have also constituted district level committees. So, this is to take the agenda down from the state's capital down to the districts and their headquarters, which is a very meaningful state. And in future, I can envision that if all 800 plus districts have effectively functioning district wetland committees, much of these, uh, you know, there would be access to regulation, policy making and other functions right at the district level, rather than expecting state capitals and national capitals to, to respond to a crisis. Moving on a little bit, uh, Doctor, could you speak to us about uh, the Finance Minister's new announcement of the Amrit Darohar scheme? It envisages the protection and the optimal use of India's wetlands. What exactly is this scheme? Uh, the very idea of Darohar excites me because Darohar, um, in a Hindi term, uh, in English, it translates to an asset, uh, a heritage, and uh, wetlands are rightfully societal assets. They are uh, they are the dharovars of the society, so the name is exciting, and the very fact that uh, it has been taken as an agenda within the government uh, is indicative of the political system being alive to the cause of wetlands conservation, 
and uh, prepared for addressing the root causes of degradation. So one is that uh, this looks at uh, India's 75 Ramsar sites. We have, by designating 75 sites, we have created uh, Asia's largest uh, uh, network of uh, Ramsar sites, which is critical for global biodiversity. Uh, and thereby, we definitely need to apply resources to meet the commitments of the designation, which is ensuring wise use, uh, regulating the system, connecting communities to wetland management. So for all of these resources are needed. And, and Amrit Rohr, from uh, there are only a couple of lines in Honorable Finance Minister's speech, but they point to this direction that resources would be applied for biodiversity conservation, effective management, carbon stocks, tourism, connecting people. So to me, this gives me a sense of hope and direction that uh, even if uh, we manage these 75 sites, uh, which is almost uh, close to nearly 10% of known wetland regime in the country, we can create a showcasing effect, a spiraling effect on other wetlands as well uh, to demonstrate how wetland conservation could be done. So in a sense, uh, if uh, invested properly, this scheme could definitely be very catalytic uh, in triggering, uh, you know, meaningful wetland conservation in the country. Uh, the finance minister also mentioned a mangrove uh, protection scheme, right, doctor? Yes, absolutely, Mishti. What is that about? So, Mishti talks about, uh, uh, I do not uh, remember uh, the full acronym, but it is promoting mangrove conservation. Mangroves definitely are the sentinels of our coastline and uh, they... Uh, their protection, regeneration, restoration uh, needs to be done. It is all very welcome. Uh, we need to be cautious that it is not treated as a silvicultural approach. So we don't just keep on planting mangroves in the name of restoration. Restoration is essentially bringing back something which was lost or we create ecological conditions. So that's one. And secondly, uh, you know, mangrove expansion should be seen within the ambit of broader coastal ecosystems. So we should not end up losing mudflats on account of uh, mangroves. So that is one caution that uh, I would have. And I'm sure uh, the government, uh, the Minister of Environment is very much sensitive to this issue. You spoke about restoration uh, just now, Doctor. I am based out of Chennai and uh, one of our wetlands is the Palikarne Marsh. Is it possible actually to restore what has been lost in terms of area of the wetland degradation? So definitely, see, if you have uh, a city which has preferred to build the IT infrastructure, the engineering infrastructure over Palaikarni, restoration to a regime which was nearly 10 times more than what exists now uh, seems to be a very tough call. The first thing I would say, protect what is existing. And uh, to me, uh, you know, physical protection is one thing and that is an easier uh, thing to do. You have, uh, you know, parts of Palekarni are already reserved for us. But we have to ensure that natural hydrological regimes are protected. So protecting a wetland is not just protecting it, fencing it and, and ensuring that human uh, disturbance is, is reduced. We have to reduce the, uh, we have to ensure that the hydrological regimes which are critical for functioning of the ecosystem are, uh, are there. And that would mean, number one, ensuring that natural inflows are connected, they function, they bring water to the wetland. And that would mean that wetland and the Rajkaluways are also speaking, the, the canal systems, the areas, they, they speak as one system, right? So 
protecting and conserving uh, palai karni is is about ensuring its natural hydrological regime ensuring that habitat characteristics are maintained the diversity the patchiness the marshes the open water areas uh, all of this needs to be maintained i am still aware how long can we continue dumping waste in in the ramsar site the city would have to look uh, into you know an alternate and definitely i want to reckon that continuing uh, solid waste dumping in the wetland should be done anymore you spoke about constructions on top of wetlands doctor would you say that this was part of the reason for natural disasters that occur absolutely so wetlands in a landscape wetlands are the low point so these are the places where water accumulates and when water accumulates when there are floods or extreme events uh, these accumulation points are where water would go so these are constructed upon definitely you know there would be more floods as uh, the landscape has lost um, its capability to function so there are two parts to it one is that uh, rainfall events uh, extreme rainfall events are becoming more frequent on the other hand which is which is definitely a larger issue climate change uh, controlling methane emissions and and carbon ghg uh, emissions that is a larger issue but what was definitely in our hand is to have a land use plan and and the city plan which was conscious of protecting these accommodating spaces and by constructing upon them we have called on to disasters onto ourselves so it is not just the the repercussions you know in 2015 uh, floods the narrative that was pursued that you know it is uh, uh, people living on the uh, you know living on the edges dependent on the wetlands that are being affected but when i started looking at the data it was uh, the the kind of economic damage that happened in the aftermath of uh, the september 2015 floods uh, was a clear indication that wetland degradation is something that will uh, uh, that will affect every part of the society going back to something you mentioned a little earlier doctor you said it needs to be a societal issue and that society's apathy towards the conservation of wetlands is something that we need to change do local communities play a part in the conservation of wetlands do we have any examples in india of local communities taking this upon themselves to protect wetlands so if you want to speak of local community connect all you need to do is to look um, onto your traditions um, our traditions our religious places our heritage and you will find water and water systems are are critically ingrained uh, to to our own you know identity our systemic presence the tanks of south india are an excellent example Absolutely. Uh, the way so and and in the north uh, the festival of chhat uh, would would be incomplete uh, you know without a wetland so it is very much a part of our own existence i don't think we should be looking elsewhere we should be just talking to our parents and and grandparents to understand the respect uh, you know our society had for water systems and in several places we have collective action so before monsoon let's join hands together let's clean up our ponds tanks do not pollute because this is the place where our gods stay and and so on and so forth india is replete with those kind of understanding uh, somewhere down the line this connection has been broken and uh, we now expect governments to save the systems which have been our life givers so when water started flowing from the taps the critical water sources which is the wetlands the connection of people 
from the you know wetlands is suddenly lost people say anyway my taps are functioning why should i bother to go to a wetland and then you will find a group of bird watchers and other parts of uh, you know society trying to reimagine this relationship and and take people on to wetlands and say like these are places where these are birds are staying these are efforts but again these are on the margin i would say it has to be society's business i don't see a situation in which 15 million hectares of uh, you know area of which only a small proportion is protected by law at present the future of this network only lies when societies take a conscious decision to conserve these assets and and how do we do this first is let's let's talk about wetlands look at look into your uh, you know textbooks wetlands are nowhere you will talk about water there is talk about forest there is talk about agriculture there is talk about microbiology but wetlands suddenly do not appear in our education system so if we are not teaching people what these ecosystems are and why these are important we are not investing into uh, building capability and talent and sensitivity we we have to be conscious of where the wetlands are so let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, you know which are the wetlands who's the manager what kind of programs let's be alert to what is happening to our wetlands let's be let's connect to our authorities and say we we are all our you know custodians of our assets and be the watchdogs so uh, this is a, an illegal drainage happening there dumping is happening there let's talk to people let's make them aware let's not buy land inside wetlands even if it is being illegally sold so consumption decisions let's not consume products which are emerging from you know converted wetlands so this, there is a whole range of activities in which societies can be conscious and reviving our age old traditions of respect for wetlands respect for water systems is so very critical thank you so much for speaking to us today dr ritesh thank you so much zubeda in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu We'll see you soon.